Okay, there we go. Error occurred. Go live. It says broadcast is live. There we go. All righty. Good Friday, everybody. Well, no, it's not Good Friday. That's coming later, but that's coming happy later. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy Fish Fry. Right? Every place in uh, there's a lot of good fish fries coming up. So if you need some comfort food, this wait. is the time of year, isn't it? This is the time of year. It yeah. is. And it's and in the south the same thing. Yeah, over here not so much. Really? Yeah, yeah we're not as traditional. You can still find this is the time of year all the fast food places have fish sandwiches. Yeah. Yeah. So that's about as good as yeah. it gets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we've got lots of Catholic churches, so yeah. they have fish fries and restaurants, non-chain restaurants have fish fries, so everybody's got their you know, fish sandwich. Fact Popeyes, a Louisiana favorite that is up north here. Yep. They have a flounder sandwich. So, yes, yes. Good morning, Mark. It is Lent time. So, I know everybody says, What are you giving up? Uh, it's already been given up, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you gave all of it up, all the fun up this year. Right, right. Oh, my goodness. How are you doing? You know, I am good. It is warm and toasty here. I'm concerned about all the people we know in Texas and Louisiana and um, all the other southern states that have been hit so hard by yeah. this weather that just won't quit. Right, right. Uh, uh, Mark lives. Uh, Mark Laswell lives a couple hours away from me near Peoria, and I live a little further south into the east, but... It's almost like the same kind of weather. But you guys know what to do with it. We do. And our houses are made different. Right. And, and your utilities are prepared for it. Right. Right. And through certain political reasons, that particular, different particular grids. I mean, we have, we have a windmill farm not far from us here, a wind farm and solar and stuff. So... We, we do know, and now they will know with climate change happening, this isn't just going to happen once. So right. it's another adjustment period, only sometimes you don't know things till you've lost them in an in a emergency. It's like, you know, the three little pigs house. How do you know? You know, you can build your house of straw. Actually, bale houses, straw bale houses are beautiful. They're really good in your area. They burn out here. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, so, you know, to, to be fair, our, our electrical grid did not do great in the extreme, extreme, complete statewide heat right. that we experienced this year. So right. we're all going to have to make some changes. But uh, thoughts are going out to everybody. I've got friends whose dog water froze in their houses yes yeah a friend said now i know he lives near san antonio maybe and he yeah. says i know what nine degrees feels like now and that's like a heat wave over here right now so right. yeah it's it's been a tough time in the middle of everything else in the middle of everything else so for everybody and we'll be having losses because there are people that haven't been found yet from the cold Right, right. So we have yet another mass loss experience in the middle of a pandemic. 
like we everybody need to get people ready. Right, right. I I just want to say, and if you don't know what you're feeling, but you're sort of grumpy or in a funk, the way that's what I call it, I'm in a funk. You right. know, if you don't know what that is, once you start to relax and your emotions thaw out, because people in Texas, as well as other people, when you're just dealing with things on the physical, right. your emotions get shoved. We've talked about this before, and there's lots of different ways to defrost your emotions. And one of them is, uh, well, one, when you're warm and you feel safe. Yeah, it, it, right now, those who are in the middle of a national emergency specific I, to their area that's weather related, it's like living in a flood. You got to do the flood. You got to do gotta the flood. You got to get through it. You got to stay warm. You got to check on people. But right. once we're through it, then it'll be time to take it out in bits and pieces to look at it and to cope with what's happened to individual families and neighborhoods and communities. Because mm -hmm. it does yeah. broaden out as you recognize what's taken place. Yeah, so don't even try to really force yourself to feel something when you're just taking care of the uh, physical right now. It's too hard to do the other. And people forget that, you know, they, they forget two weeks out. Oh, I've, I've gone through this. I've gone through that. Why am I, why am I in a bad mood? What's going on? When you feel safe, warm, when you, when you're in the grocery store and you're smelling the oranges, I promise you, your grief will come out. Yeah. When you see frozen food and realize that it stayed frozen and you can take it home and heat it up. Right. Right. But then you want to take it to your elderly neighbor and they didn't make it through or they had to move suddenly because of it. Then that loss gets brought forward. So it's time to sort of get prepared not to keep the emotions away, not to keep the grief away, but to no. embrace it and to share it. And I want to bring up something that um, I, I've recently sort of gone through, and I wonder if this affects anyone else. When someone gets a diagnosis of whatever, and it is when people keep, and, and those people have mental health issues, mm -hmm. okay? quite often you will hear them repeat the same thing over and over. You know, I don't always know what to do with that, except when they ask for help, they might not be asking for help. They just want to stay in that place, especially people with mental health issues, which I am discovering more and more people have various degrees of mental health issues. I mean, would you sort of agree with that statement, Jill? I do. And I think they've also been compounded with an entire year of COVID. We're right. seeing people who had anxiety that would have been manageable anxiety had they had 
access to all the support systems, access to people, access to all the things. And a year of lockdown has turned it from sort of normal to high anxiety into an anxiety disorder. And now they have more to cope with. So and yeah, absolutely. And depression the same way. And what do you uh, give some suggestions to uh, those of us who are listener, listeners of that anxiety, but when they go on and on, and then when you say, let's try focusing on, uh, and you hate to say it that way, like, I know this is hard. Can you focus on helping others or can you focus on just getting through the day or, and they it's about saying, staying present right here. So a lot of times anxiety is generated by what's coming next, especially after 2020 and now 2021, uh -huh. you know, we're, we're two months in and we're in the deep freeze and, you know, we don't, and out here we're in a drought. So there's a lot of pre-anxiety and anticipatory anxiety, like we have anticipatory grief. And right. so we need to stay present. If you are feeling anxious right in this moment, is there anything mm -hmm. sincerely to be anxious about? Is there anything in like in the room you're in? Is there anything that's going to make, that's going to hurt you, harm you, that should cause you anxiety? Mm -hmm. Right. So yeah. I'm sitting at my desk, at my table, in my space, that's my office now, but I'm looking at, I've got my bed made, I've got the room picked up. Those are sometimes triggers for me. There's nothing dangerous in here. Is there anything that's going to happen later today that I've got reason, real reason to be anxious about? No, probably not. Not if I stay away from social media and, you know, the fear mongers and the, the stuff, all the images that can trigger stuff for all of us. Uh -huh. And then finally, um, I, I did learn a trick um, from a funeral director I happen to be related to. And that is um, to use the humor piece. Once I've gone through, am I, uh, do I have reason to be anxious here and now? Do I have anything coming up right now? Is there anything dangerous around me? If none of that is true, is there a saber-toothed tiger back there? Exactly. Oh, wait, there's not. Right? And people laugh when you say saber-toothed tiger. But you got to remember, anxiety comes from an organic process. It's a brain process that was designed to keep us alive as cavemen. Mm -hmm. Right? or as early Vikings and Iron Age for my people. And so all the blood goes to the back of our brain and to our very, very, very primate brain. And it's designed to give us the speed to get out of the way so we are not the slowest caveman. Because we want someone else to be slower so they can be an appetizer and then someone else can be dinner and then we can go on our life and get back to our cave and be safe from the tiger, right? What you want to do is remind yourself that there isn't a tiger back there. Get that blood back in the front of your brain where it belongs so it can stop causing the anxiety. And then really visualize your brain going from red and yellow and all the hot, scary colors into blue and green. And, okay, I'm all right. I am all right. There's a reason I have a blue wall behind me. And there is a reason my book has a green cover. And that's because those are the colors in our brain when we are on a SPECT scan that says, I'm cool, I'm comfortable, I'm safe. 
but you have to have a sense of humor to get through anxiety. Right. How do you, how do you, um, so one of the questions that's come up this week is what do you say to others when you yourself are grieving and you're not able to be with their grief? The kind that goes, I'm this, you know, more the Eeyore kind. What do, what do you do? I mean, is it okay to say, I'm not able to listen to this today and then get off the phone? Is it better to say, yeah, I mean, you don't want to compare griefs, but what do you do? What do you say to someone that only wants to be focused on their grief? If they are wanting to stay in grief, like they just don't want to get through it, uh -huh. then those are folks that you probably don't want to interact with very much. If it's uh -huh. somebody who's had a loss recently and you have too, and everybody's got their own stuff, uh -huh. I practice with my people saying, I am so sorry. It's so hard right now. I totally get it. I hope that you have someone who can support you because I just don't have anything left right now. My energy bank is all kaput. Mm -hmm. I need my energy for me right now just to make sure that I can get dinner on the table. Right. Or at the very least feed the dog. And with that, it puts it into perspective. Mm -hmm. And most of us have someone else that we can reach out to or a group we can reach out to. Mm -hmm. That's the good thing about social media. We do have grief groups on social media and they're uh -huh. international. So if it's uh -huh. two in the morning, someone's wide awake in England or Germany or France and, you know, other hours they're awake in Australia and New Zealand or wherever it is, you'll find people who are awake and alert and can chat with you. You do want to make sure the group you get into is healthy, not toxic, not the, if you're not still grieving five years later, then you didn't love them enough. Those are the people to run from, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And so on one of the grief groups, and I, I just love this because I get information to use for uh, today's broadcast or any broadcast that we do. One person said, my siblings thinks it's too weird that I'm, I want to wear uh, my loved one's clothes. And, you know, many people, including myself, said, I still have clothes from 23 years ago, right, of my mom's that I will put on. And it is perfectly normal. And, you know, that that person wants to wear their, a ring. Well, don't you want to save that for someone else? No. I want to wear that now, someone wrote. You know, right. and you, there comes a time when, you know, maybe you put, especially for spouses who lose someone, you eventually move the wedding ring, usually around the neck or to the right. other hand. And then eventually you may put it away. You may never. You may uh -huh. get it out for special occasions. Uh -huh. I have one that I'm very fond of, and it's, you know, I have a really beautiful one from Stacy. I have another beautiful one I'll put on my other hand sometimes. Um, but it's normal to wear things that bring back those memories. When my sister-in-law, Sandy, was dying in um, Greenville, North Carolina recently, 
her brother Jay texted me and said, there was a reason I was wearing this shirt today. And he was wearing a shirt that his sister Casper had worn and loved and was very, it's soft. It's comfortable. It brought back good memories. It brought memories uh -huh. of the three of them together. Clothing like food, like jewelry generates uh -huh. memories and we shouldn't tell people what to do with their memories. Right. Now, right. if you're wearing all the clothes all the time obsessively, if you're wearing the underwear, maybe we need to talk. But other than that, <laughs> what? It's a good girl. I don't understand. Right. Right. It's a, you can wear the stuff. You can keep the sheets. You can keep the furniture. If it keeps you connected. And right now, when we are so disconnected, so much the better that you have something to connect to somebody who's not here anymore. You know, it doesn't mean know, you're not doing grief, right? It means you're actively grieving. That's right. And I think what's harder is to say to your siblings, and it sort of goes back to the first thing I was talking about, whether it's friends or siblings, either you're the griever or the person listening, it's okay to say no. No to that other person's voices. Uh, sometimes you have to say no in ways that are. Um, and remember, everybody's feeling a little, I, I'm going to use this word, uh, a little more sensitive about how the information is getting in, right? And, mm -hmm. um, and so... You never know. So double check. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give an example. Uh, Daryl and I got it's so we both finished our shots. I got Daryl and I both went to see uh, we saw the grandkids with masks on and the spouse of our daughter positive for COVID. So right after getting both our shots, we're quarantined, right? because you don't know. And we're okay, we're fine, we got tested and whatever. But I felt like I needed to tell somebody else. And now I'm like feeling dirty, right? Even though there's no way, it's like I have a sexually transmitted disease. So I called them up. <laughs> and I, anyone feel dirty either? No, no, but I, but I called up and I said, I feel like I'm telling you I have an STD, but I just want you to know I was exposed to COVID. And while it's not possible that you get it from me this way, just in case I need to, and I hadn't heard back. So I'm like, oh no, maybe they're upset with me. So you have to write and ask. So right. we don't know how everything we say, even our no's are perceived. And because of everybody's sensitivity, so it, it's double good to check. double check, double check. And if they are upset that you said no to them, you don't have to apologize for saying no. It's your grief. It's, it's your grief. And you can say, I, you know, that's the best I can do. If, if you're not willing to make any changes with the way you talk about your grief, I need to back off. Boundaries make for good grief because you everybody's going to grieve on their own. 
Right. Right. You're going to have some people who are going to want all the people involved and some who are going to want just a couple of close friends, some who are going to do it solo for a while. Just because uh -huh. someone's doing it solo doesn't mean they're not doing it well. Uh -huh. uh, reach out, offer them some support. If they don't respond, leave it alone. But don't get your feelings hurt. It's uh -huh. their grief. Maybe they don't have the energy themselves to right. respond. And people in a highly anxious state do not understand that they keep saying the things over and over. Right. And it's hard after a while for me to have empathy when there's no, do you want to talk to your counselor about this? Maybe you should talk to somebody else. I'm not the person, you know, and, and that's a hard thing. That's a hard thing. That's for why me. therapists are there and therapists. That's right. Now, to be fair, therapists are busy right now. It is hard in some parts of the country to right. get an appointment. So yeah. these folks, if you're watching and you're trying to get into a therapist, keep trying because we are a little busy. Turns out yeah. that a pandemic causes anxiety and depression and grief and, and parents homeschooling kids. Sometimes it's not super pretty, but we are there for you and we will get back to you and you will find someone. You can uh -huh. say to someone who's really having a tough time, this sounds like it might be more than I can handle. And uh -huh. I would be so glad to see you find a professional to talk to. Uh -huh. And then I can be the backup. But I want you to get some professional help from a real grief therapist or a real anxiety therapist. I, nobody uh -huh. should go without professional help if they need it. And There's no substitute for that. And there are... I'll try to find the number, but it's with the swimmer, Mark Phelps. Is it Mark? Michael Phelps. Yes, Michael, Michael Phelps. Phelps. He is doing a commercial. I don't know if by you, but you can call these numbers. And there's, there's a lot of online programs right now. And now, I just wish people would use them. Some of them are systems that are cash pay and it's therapy by text. Um, which personally is not a fave of mine, mm. um, but lots of therapists are available online. If you okay. have health insurance, call your health insurance company. They will get you who you're allowed to go to. Uh -huh. Right. If you've lost someone to a specific disease, then you can call like right. the American Cancer Society. They will have referrals. Right. 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 If your elder office on aging will have referrals. Uh -huh. There, there are out there just waiting to help there but are them yeah yeah there's just uh yeah it's it's but amazing people, people with high anxiety don't just want you for 30 minutes they want you every day they want you that's where boundaries come in yeah, there is. Yeah. It can be, you know what? I don't have time today. I can talk to you on Thursday. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. That's acceptable. Yeah, it is. It really is. You know, folks, when I text Deb and say, hey, there's something going on, she will sometimes say, this is a really lousy day, although she uses language like I do, not that particular nice word. And she mm -hmm. says, you know, I'm available for a couple of hours on Friday afternoon. Maybe we can connect then. That is perfectly acceptable, right? 
Right. And sometimes I, you have to do that with your friends too. Oh, absolutely. That's, that's, you know, people all over the world don't know where you are right now. Let's say in Illinois or in Riverside, California, they don't know. Right. And they, they want more. They assume it's the same week to week from you. So I guess I'm saying to all those helper friends out there, as I've been sort of, Jill knows, I've been navigating these waters of, of being present, uh, just because you say, hey, have you tried blah, blah, and da, 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 it doesn't make you a bad person. So I'm saying to no. myself, maybe I'm a bad person. You know, it I'm not you a healthy and, yeah. and for those who are in the helping professions, the nurses, the ancillary staff at hospitals, the doctors, the funeral directors, the first responders, therapists, if you're listening, you too, um, school counselors, all the people who are in the natural helping professions, the mm -hmm. folks who catch us in bad moments, we got to have a little reserve, folks. And you are not everybody's everything. That's right. So you can That's set... Right boundaries and uh -huh. you can say not right now because uh -huh. at some point you're going to need your space and if you've given all of you up that's then right you can't you can't take care of you and your own all right donna says it really well being present yeah. is different from being sucked in right like when i was when my first wife was dying i i stopped answering the phone i handed over the phones uh -huh to a friend of mine who was at the house and said, Tracy, they're all yours. And she took the phones and I didn't answer a phone call for, I don't know, two weeks. Mm -hmm. And then for afterward too, I just, you can text me if you really need me. And then if I can, I'll respond. That's a mm -hmm. really good boundary folks. Mm -hmm. And then I found out two years later that someone got their feelers all hurt. And I had not personally invited them to come over and say goodbye you know what? When someone is in a time, they are not required to respond to you. Right. Give them the grace. Go on to someone else. If you are the helper, as I am a helper, set the boundaries when you need to. There's nothing wrong with it. I that's feel right. no guilt for that. I right. Don't, I can laugh about it. And of course, that's my sense of humor because humor is required. It's, it's I don't required. Remember. It's required humor for yourself the other person might not get it but humor for yourself lets you have a little bit of cush right you know there's there's uh one type of humor i use is extremes i've talked about that before like how bizarre can my extreme be and yet it's not just bizarre that way it's self-deprecating self-deprecating right. is putting yourself down but not like banging yourself and making you feel like you're the most horrible person but more like uh today i i had put on because of having to stay home and not being able to walk and stuff put on a couple of the pounds that i lost and i went you're warm you're toasty it's all you're good awesome you're still good, you know, and uh, and several other funny thoughts went through my head. Um, sometimes just laying on the floor, we had yoga today, 
just laying on the floor and having just breathing on the floor, just full body contact, letting a floor support you. That can feel really good. And I'm once you get a, you're staying present, you know, a couple tears can flow. Or many laughter. people saw the laughter was when I picked my head up and I looked outside yesterday. I put up a picture of a squirrel that had ripped the top off of our bird feeder and was sitting in the bird feeder. Well, today I looked over and the whole bird feeder is now on the ground. Yes. You know, I said, how do you think that happened? And I go, I didn't see no bird with no wings pushing that thing. So now see out here, we, we like our squirrels. And in fact, a therapist friend posted a picture of the squirrels in her yard that she's now named because of the pandemic. We're all noticing things in her yard. And right. so she's got a squirrel feeder on the ground and then the bird feeder up top and all three of her squirrels have names. And she said, they don't know they have names, but I know they have names. I said, yeah, our skunk has a name. That's Petunia. And uh, we had flower in our last house. And we have um, a couple of neighborhood field mice that run through the yard at night. And so they have names. And they're not nice names, but they have names. <laughs> <laughs> right. We got to right. have some fun with this stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's. what are you going to do? You know, you're going to enjoy it and enjoy the natural humor and enjoy the natural whatever's going around you and stay present with it. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, my heart goes out to people that have that chronic anxiety that can never look outside themselves. Mm -hmm. Or if they do, it's just glimmers. And that's and where some good solid help would be good for them. Just like right. someone who's got chronic depression, like a dysthymic right. or depression where it just, the world never feels sunny enough. But for those who are right yeah. now experiencing extreme moments, you know, I'm still watching people in Texas who are in horrific situations, still finding a sense of humor. Yes. And I'm so proud of them, right? It's like working for Child Protective Services or for hospice or in an ER. Mm -hmm. We all have our twisted sense of humor that stays kind of inside the group. So the folks there are developing their own, you know, we got through this kind of a thing. You know, we had a tornado right on the other side of our town. It skipped over St. Joe and wiped out Ogden. This is many, many years ago. Urbana, skip us and go over there. And, you know, those, after the initial shock, those that steady themselves with a sense of humor can put up signs like house for sale, sale, uh, Ikea house for sale. Like you have to put it back together, you know, or, or the hurricane Katrina uh, type things where people say little mold can be fixed, you know, they, right. or you see a, you see a house in shambles and it says, I killed the spider, you know, have <laughs> things like that. And that for some people, not everybody is a very familiar coping mechanism where it's sort of like once you're tipped over, it sets you up. It sets, mm -hmm. it's 
like resetting pins by being same goes for fearful moments. We have yeah. earthquakes quite frequently here. We have hundreds a day in California. Not very many that we actually feel, but you know, occasionally we have a, a good roller shaker or slammer, and uh -huh. then we get all of us here get questions from people around the world. Are you safe? Was it near you? Which we appreciate, but it can be a little overwhelming sometimes. We do check uh -huh. in with those closest, make sure they're okay. Sure. Just sure. a decompression. But then out come the pictures of somebody's um, yard set with one chair turned over. We will survive. Right? <laughs> we'll rebuild California. Because yeah. you have to have that. And when we had those massive fires, we had people who did who really did find some ways to find some humor in some really dark moments. And that's what needs to happen. It's a form of grieving. It's letting go of that trauma. And if you cannot create that humor. Something that is healthy to do is to look for the humor. Mm -hmm. Look for humor that makes you go an out breath of ha. You want that big ha because it it is a letting go and freeing. Right. You don't have to do ha ha, just you right, know, a, one guffaw, one little release. I do one want release. to say too the 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 research on mass losses is really clear. So for those of you who are in those moments right now, just like the people who came through Katrina, the people who came through uh, the initial part of the AIDS crisis, those who came through nine eleven, those who are in the national disaster right now, where you are sharing that with other people. The folks who come through those disasters who grieve together and pull it together and find each other and find commonality where you can share that grief where you're not having to explain it to other people. Because mm -hmm. certainly someone from California is not going to get what it's like to be where you guys have been this week. So find your neighbors, do that grief process together, find that grief humor together you will do so much better than the folks who try to go it alone and try to just manage all of the thoughts and all the feelings. It's when they get together. There was a group called the Surviving Sisters in um, New York City, and they were the widows of the FDNY in 9-11. And they, they banded together, the ones who banded together and met regularly and did the process together just naturally. Mm -hmm. Those folks did so much better than the ones who tried to do it alone. All right. So find your people, find your find neighbors. Your people. You yeah. guys have been doing marvelous. I've been watching so many neighbors, neighborhoods. There was another neighborhood in Michigan, I think, where somebody, a neighborhood couldn't get the snow plows up and nobody could get out for a week. And so somebody put the word out and the, the community showed up on foot. And they uh -huh. scraped the street so people could get out and they brought food in. Those are the folks that we turn to right now. If you are in that moment, find your people and grieve together. You'll also find the humor of getting through this together. Broken exactly. water pipes will be funny in six months. Not right now. Not now. Not, Not now. now. Six months from now, they'll, they'll start to move into how did we get through that? Exactly. Right. And It's like when 
it was the one time I took a bath. This was about six months ago. I'm not a bath person. I said, everybody feels good taking a bath. I need to get into a bathtub. And for the first time, I look up. My husband comes home, so it's several hours later, and you look up. And it had leaked through to the ceiling. So it was dripping. The, the ceiling downstairs was wet from the bathtub upstairs. And I was just like this. And then I'm like, then I'm mad, right? Because I never take a bath and I took a bath and look what happened. It's been fixed and da-da-da since then. But it's that initial shock where you're like, and then several explicatives run through my head that I can't even get out because I'm so upset. You and that's what happens. Yeah, gobsmacked. Wow, yes. And look at if I had frozen ceiling fans with icicles in my house. Right. I mean, I have no words. I have no words for those pictures. My mom had something like that, pipes froze, and she was away in a warm place, comes back two months later, and they're still dripping everything in her house, in her condominium, two-bedroom condominium downstairs. Water was pouring out of the siding. Was pouring out of the siding. She noticed when she went to put the key in the door, why is there water coming out of the siding? But you don't. It doesn't register. And your ceiling is now on the floor when you come home. There are no words. And it's going to warm up there and more stuff is going to come up. Right. And so in that moment, you handle it. Yeah, you, you do the best you can. And uh, then a while later, you can talk about it. That's right. If you can go to a hotel or go to a friend's house, if you have gas, you know, take your medicine, take your pets and get out. Take your best jewelry, you know. I did tell the friend to make sure to bring her good Italian wine collection too. That oh, should yeah. never be allowed to freeze. No, 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 no. We all have our priorities. Yeah. It's a sub priority, but you know, if you can grab it. <laughs> Do so. Grab the pets first. The oodles get out first, right? Right, right. So we wish everybody everywhere who's, I think there's only 27% of us who are not under snow and ice right now. So for the rest of you, I send all my very best. I send wishes for I a have good no fall. words. Yeah. Right. And uh, we'll be here next week. And bring it back and let us know how you're doing. And we'll find some ways to work it through, folks. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. And uh, keep writing us. If we Please share we this, we'll write you back. Yeah. We do. We, do. we check it frequently. Deb's always share better with on Friday because I'm busy on Fridays. But Deb's always Fine. good on Fridays about checking things. And then she forwards it. So. Take care of each other. Take care of yourself. And we will see you in a week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.